founder of sponge cell back in 2006 it was a very different company back then. they've pivoted many many times really started growing rapidly when they started reporting numbers tank back in 2009 2015 was the last year they reported over over 13 million dollars in arr and at the same time they really started sinking in and getting comfortable with their current product line which they're scaling very very fast 26 million dollars raised 95 people around the world again making programmatic ad buying more efficient especially at a cpm uh and on a cpm basis but also they probably have a base monthly fee for folks to just understand and get access to the value that their software is created that helps them test creatives, organize creatives, and really launch multiple, multiple thousands or hundreds of thousands or even more than that variations all at one time. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 units sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This database... I keep it to myself, it's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Ben Hartsman. He's the CEO and co-founder of a company called Sponge Cell, one of the fastest growing companies in the United States. Earlier, Ben worked at Venture Back to GuideStar in product and business development. He graduated with honors from Carnegie Mellon with a dual BS in human-computer interaction and information and decision systems. Ben, are you ready to take us to the top? Ready to rock. All right, so I, look, I have to hit you on that. One of the fastest growing companies in the United States. Back that up. Measured by what? Yeah, so that's all, all revenue-driven. So thanks to our friends at uh, Inc. Magazine uh, being able to measure revenue, I think, over the span of uh, three years. So when was year one? I think the first year that we measured revenue was 09, and then that jumped into 12, and it's kind of continued on. So what did you report to Inc. in 09? Oh, uh, uh, maybe maybe couple hundred thousand in revenue or maybe oh nine was a million maybe oh eight was a couple hundred thousand revenue okay oh nine was a million and then it sort of has grown from there and what was take us forward to 2015 yeah i think we stopped i don't remember what it was when we stopped but it was maybe one and one to four and then four to seven and seven to 13 and just kind of kept growing in that what's your goal what's your goal in 2017 i'm curious you we break 20 30 million that's the plan which one 20 or 30 yeah, so we don't we're, we're not disclosing full revenue these days because one of our uh, our largest investors, but uh, we're uh, we're on a nice path. How, so, how much have you raised, and who's the largest investor? Yeah, so we've got about twenty six million into the company. Uh, the largest institutional investor is a group called Safeguard, uh, based out in Philadelphia. Uh, very na- knowledgeable uh, investors in the ad tech space specifically. Yeah, uh, great partner for us. You said twenty six million total raised. Yep. And and what did what feedback did they give you when they saw the ink reporting? They they just said, "Hey, Ben, strategically, you should stop doing this," or what? <laughs> so I think yeah, for them, it's it's more of just 
focus on you know ink ink i think is great in the in the early days as you're sort of building and getting growing um and then from there it becomes less about those awards and more just about execution and client delivery yeah so just to be clear who the hell knows if you're the fastest growing now but at, at one point you were growing really fast Yes. Yeah, it's, sure. it's funny. I joke with people. And by the way, guys, I, I, we went right for the numbers since it came up and it was natural. But we'll, I want to talk, obviously, about SpongeBob, what he's working on. But uh, it's so funny, Ben. It's so easy. My first investor report I ever sent out in my first company, we went from like in one month, we did like 100 bucks in revenue. And the next month, like 200. And I'm like, fuck yeah, baby, 100% month over month growth. It's harder when you're doing 20 million a year. Double revenue. Double revenue. <laughs> yeah, it's tougher. All right. All right. Tell us about the company. Tell us about sponge shell what do you do how do you make money well yeah so today sponge shell is a dynamic creative company so we work in the advertising technology space and what we do is we help marketers uh, we take the data that marketers have and we use that data to make smart decisions around what actual creative uh, digitally to show someone so data can be things like we know for a cell phone company we know that uh, they have someone who is currently a subscriber uh, is on a certain type of plan and they want to upsell them into a family plan have all that data we know that and that's the creative message that we we show them so what our technology does is manage uh, all of those different variations so we have we have some customers that can run up to like one customer actually did 80 quintillion different possible creative variations when they mixed this was a supermarket chain you can mix price with product uh, description all the sort of content around it and then recommend that to different customers and show three different products in the same piece of creative so the variations can grow very very quickly uh, and it's all the logic behind how that happens and then the optimization around uh, around that that our technology provides so how are you making money i mean is it a SaaS platform a flat fee per some usage metric or is it a percentage of spend like how do you make money? Yeah, so we sell a license to the platform, uh, which is a base license, and then beyond that, it's based on usage. So as customers run more impressions, uh, you know, they'll they'll spend more with us uh, to serve those additional impressions. Okay, so like on average, what is this base license, and is it something you bill annually or monthly? Yeah, so it's it's typically done uh, monthly, uh, and it can run. I mean, some of our smallest clients are spending, you know. 20, 30 grand a year with us, and our yep. biggest clients are spending 3 million a year with us. Okay, got it. Wow. Okay, so I mean, it's a huge range. And how many, give me a sense. I mean, are you a, well, this isn't obviously low ARPU, but I mean, are you working with what, hundreds of customers or dozens of customers or thousands? Where, give me a range. Yeah, hundreds. Okay. Hundreds. Okay, got it. And are, are you targeting like, you know, you know, 80% saturation of Fortune 1000 or Fortune 500 or, or down market from them? What's kind of your ideal customer target? Yeah, and the way the business has grown, we, we ran a slightly different business, let's say five or six years ago, uh, and we were in actually more of like the six, 700 customer range, so a lot more on the low end, more transactional business, no licensed software. And as it's moved and morphed into this dynamic creative self-service platform, uh, it's moving in that direction where we are going after the large enterprise customers. So that, yeah, the Fortune 100, Fortune 500, that's really where we focus most of our energy. Now. Okay, so here's a bit, I love this growth story. I think it's really, really smart. People listening, they struggle with firing clients. How do you fire your clients that just, they're not a good fit anymore? Yeah, it's tough. What we did was we raised minimums. So, you know, we, we, we phased out certain products. I mean, there were certain products we just stopped doing. Uh, and then we raised minimums really around those products. And, and we just said to people, hey, listen, 
we know we know you've gotten accustomed to working with us we know you like working with us and we've been it's been great providing you with this level of service over this time but you know we're increasing our minimums and i know based on historical spend that's that's going to be tough for you guys we get that we understand Wait, that. why is that is that because like all of a sudden their minimums are like 50 percent of their total spend and you know that ratio isn't going to fly exactly yeah interesting what is that breaking point like that people are comfortable with is like 20 percent of spend on the fee or 30 percent? what's the typical breaking point what do you mean like where where you know they're not a good fit for you anymore is it when is it when the fee they're paying you is like 20 percent of the spend or 30 percent of the spend or 40 percent like when do people typically leave tool ad tech tools like yours yeah, so we're we're probably a little bit lower on the on that end of the spectrum in terms of percent of of working media dollars. Um, I would say you know we're actually probably in like the in the ten percent range. Uh, I think it's more people aren't leaving the current tool. I think it's kind of the old stuff where it was less. Um, it was it was just a different business. It was kind of a different model, um, and it was you know more services intensive. So for us, it was more of just like listen, if you really want us to do this. We will, but we'll charge you for it, and we'll charge you at such a rate that it's probably going to be cost prohibitive. And that's allowed us to really focus on, um, you know, servicing these enterprise customers today, which is who we really care about. Makes good sense. So we understand the base license model. Tell me about the usage. So, so I mean, is it is it you said number of impressions, but do you actually measure like ad volume annually? Like, what's the metric for you? Yeah, so it's really around impressions. So some of the larger customers that we work with will run, you know. 30 billion impressions in a given year. Um, you know, more of a mid-sized customer will run, you know, three to five billion impressions in a year. And then we have a couple other customers, you know, on, on the lower end where they're in kind of a hundreds of millions of impressions. Okay. And if I'm doing hundreds of millions of impressions, equate that to like a dollar figure to me. I mean, I'm paying like a tenth of a cent per impression. Like how does it turn into revenue for you? Yeah, so you, you sort of you, you back it all out. So if someone's running 100 million impressions, if it was at a 50 cent, um, you know, CPM, they would end up spending 50 grand with us. Got it. Okay, so do that. Make that math easy for me there for a second. So they're paying you 20 percent of whatever the CPM is, and you're finding the the publishing outlet to deliver it on. No, so we don't get involved in the media side of it at all. Okay. So that's entirely up to them uh, and their agency uh, to decide how they want to buy that media. Do they want to buy it programmatically through a DSP? Are they buying What's it? What's DSP you know, mean? Dis display network? Oh, sorry. A DSP is a demand side platform. Got it. Um, so yeah, effectively where, where they're going to go aggregate inventory uh, and it facilitates the buying for a customer through uh, ad exchanges. Okay. So, okay. And then, so keep going there. How, how do, how do I get back to money for you? Sure. Yeah. So in, in those cases, you know, they've got their budget allocated for, you know, how they, how much they want to spend, uh, to buy media, uh, for us, it's really, it's a software fee, uh, that they know that they've got to associate and they can back it out into a CPM or things like, okay, we know we're going to spend five grand a month with these guys and that's going to get us, you know, 10 million impressions a month and that's going to cover us for what we need to do okay we're good with sponge cell we can we can we can make all of our creative decisioning work and then we can still go take the um you know the, the 300 grand or whatever we're planning to spend on media uh and go buy it again either we, we could go to one website and buy it directly or we could go through uh, a dsp and, and buy it programmatically i thought of a better way to ask the question that i was actually trying to ask which is i'm trying to understand which of these revenue streams is more significant for you so like in 2016 what percent of your revenue was from these base annual fees versus the income you made through the impression-based uh, usage model? Yeah, so it's all, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. We, we actually kind of hybrid it together. 
So there'll be like a, a base amount and then overage, you know, usage uh, based on how people are using it. Interesting. Okay, give me some more of the backstory here. So, so you said uh, you said you started reporting to Inc. like in, two, in the 2009-ish period. So obviously, yep. the founding date was before that. When did you launch the company? Yeah, so the, we launched the company originally in, in 2006, raised our first couple million bucks. Uh, back then, the first product, believe it or not, was an online calendar. This is before Google Calendar existed, uh, but that was really just a project that wasn't a real uh, product per se, and we pivoted it into, and we raised the capital into a uh, content management platform for events. So if you were a brand, you were doing a movie release, or you're doing a, a new you know, a new store opening, we had a bunch of marketing software to allow them to do that. We ran that from 06 through, through 08, uh, and then in 09, uh, we saw this opportunity to build at that time a rich media uh, creative platform for programmatic so it was early days of programmatic media uh, we felt like there was no great define define programmatic for, for my audience sure so programmatic media is the buying and selling of uh, advertising through technology yeah, i.e., boom, here's where ad tech rolls in, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so, and then, so where are you today in terms of like, you know, total team size? Yeah, so the really nice thing about moving into this uh, this dynamic creative product, which we really have gone sort of full bore into probably in 2014, really in 2015, uh, has put us in a nice position. We're, we're about just under 100 people um, spread across the US. We've got an office. Uh, about 10 of those folks are in uh, in Europe. Uh, we've got uh, some of our engineering team in uh, in Russia, uh, and we have some operational support folks uh, in the Philippines. So got very, it. very global global company. Those are all included. They roll up into that 95, right? Exactly. Okay, very interesting. And then you said you don't give revenue kind of after 2015, but you said your goal is to get up to the 20, 30 million mark, and you passed 13 million in 2015. So, I mean, we can say you're doing somewhere between 13 million and 20 million in, in annual revenue. Is that fair? We're, uh, we're, we're focused on growth, that's for sure. Is that, is that generally accurate? <laughs> focused on growth. <laughs> you're doing more than, yeah, did I hear you right earlier? You said you did 13 million in 2015, the last year you reported at Inc. Yeah. Okay, uh, good. Actually, yeah, okay. There. Okay. Good. That, at least we have a bottom, right? So you're growing, and it's it's more than 13 million. That's awesome. All right. Good. So how do you um, look? There's a lot of people that compete in this space. Uh, a lot mm -hmm. of different ad. You know, when you're when you're looking, you know, Verizon wants to hire, you know, one of these kind of networks, you know, uh, to, to work through. Why do they pick you over some of your competitors? Yeah, I think there's a great question. There's a, there's a few reasons. One is. Um, the intuitiveness of the platforms. We've spent a lot of time on the UX, uh, built these great self-service tools. That That's an absolute requirement that the creative agencies in our world uh, want. They want a product that they can come into, that they can build in. Um, so we, we provide that. The other element of our platform that's truly unique is we have what we call a decision engine. So very flexible way to tag creative uh, so that you can test different creatives across different uh, data segments, whether it's audience segments or uh, geographic segments or you know any other uh, data segments that are, that are important and relevant uh, to the customer. As you've grown the business, especially focused on your current product starting in 2015, what's the weirdest thing you've done to acquire customers? And you're a creative guy, so I'm expecting a damn good answer here. The weirdest thing we've done to acquire a customer? Oh man. Um, we have, it's not that weird, but we've promised to set up 
uh, you know, like Amazon Redshift databases for customers so that they could look at data in the specific way that they wanted. It's kind of more of, it's probably, it's not less weird, it's more of a kind of going above and beyond kind of thing. And it's actually become a standard offering now that uh, a lot of customers want. So, What's something you've done where like there's a customer you really wanted to reach, but they wouldn't return your emails. So you had to do something kind of weird and above and beyond to get their attention. What, what was that attention getting tactic? Yeah, I'm, I'm not that I'm not that wild of a of a guy, unfortunately. For Come me, on, you're a head of an ad tech company. <laughs> it's really more of the applying the principles of triangulation, right? So if I know I want to get to some, I know I want to get to someone. I think about you know who do who do who do we each know that can speak to that person sort of independently of me, and I try to use that as a tactic to make sure that they're not only am I having direct line in with them, uh, but that there's someone else kind of independent of me uh, that can speak to them about you know why we're a great company, why I'm you know trustworthy, and and so on. Yeah, it makes good sense. What are you as you're scaling? Obviously, I imagine some of your 95 people you have inside sales to an extent. What's it on average fully weighted costing you to acquire a new customer? Yeah, that's a good. That is a really, really good question, and it's it's. I, I actually don't have the answer to that. We're actually doing that analysis right now because it's changing uh, as we're as we're evolving into this more of this self-service platform business. The sales cycles have really grown, so you can imagine. What we do you mean doing, they've grown? Like they're longer? They're longer. So you can imagine we had five, six hundred customers, very transactional business. You could close a deal, you know, in a in in a month. Yep. Now these these deals they're more sophisticated. There's more technology. There's more integrations that need to happen. Happen. Uh, so the sales cycles can go from three months, six months, nine months. Um, it's just, it's very, it's, it's a good question because we're doing that analysis right now. Well, this thing will never be accurate, by the way. Like, it's always moving. It's always just like putting your finger up and test the wind. So, I mean, like, generally, I mean, less than five grand or more than five grand? Uh, I'd say more than five grand. Okay, got it. And then what do you assume lifetime value is on like your ideal cohort of customer? Yeah, I mean, the, the ideal customer, I mean, we believe that, you know, we have a couple of contracts today that have, you know, uh, look out five years. So they're prepaid for five years or they're agreed they've signed, they've committed for five years. They'll commit for a period of time, but with an eye towards, you know, auto renewing up, you know, up to five years. There's any seven breaking seven figure contracts in some of those. Yeah, exactly. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. Okay, very good. Let's wrap up here, Ben, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Five dysfunctions of a team. I love that one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? 
Jeff Bezos because he does what he wants when he wants, and it's just he's done it the whole. He's, he's always been that way, and I just the consistency is amazing. And number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? So for me, this is more personal, but I am uh, addicted to Mint. It helps me organize my life and my wife's life at the same time. Number Good. number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Not eight, not with two little kids. How, how young are they? I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old. Oh man, okay, so married, two kids. So I mean, what would you say, five hours, six hours? Yeah, I'm good for, I'm good for six, six and a half, I Okay, would say. and how old are you? I am 39. All right, Ben, take us home. Take us back 19 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Do not stress about your first job, your first couple jobs. Don't worry about finding the perfect fit. Just find things that are interesting to you. Follow your passion. Do those things, and then it'll all work out. There you guys have it from Ben, founder of Sponge Cell back in 2006. It was a very different company back then. They pivoted many, many times. Really started growing rapidly when they started reporting numbers to Inc. back in 2009. 2015 was the last year they reported over, over $13 million in ARR. And at the same time, they really started sinking in and getting comfortable with their current product line, which they're scaling very, very fast. $26 million raised, 95 people around the world. Again, making programmatic ad buying more efficient, especially at a CPM uh, and on a CPM basis, but also they probably have a base monthly fee for folks to just understand and get access to the value that their software is created that helps them test creatives, organize creatives, and really launch multiple, multiple thousands or hundreds of thousands or even more than that variations all at one time. Ben, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you so much.